Welcome to B2B Marketers on a Mission, a podcast for B2B marketers that helps you to question the conventional, think differently, disrupt your industry, and take your marketing to new heights. Each week, we talk to B2B marketing experts who share inspirational stories, discuss their thoughts on trending topics, and provide useful marketing tips and recommendations. And now, here's your host and co-founder of I'm Like Consulting, Christian Klepp. Welcome, everyone, to this episode of the B2B Marketers on a Mission podcast, where you get your weekly dose of B2B marketing insights. This is your host, Christian Klepp, and today I'd like to welcome a guest who is on a mission. Among other things, he aims to bridge the gap between the product and the marketing teams in the world of SaaS. So coming to us from Raleigh, North Carolina, Mr. Matt Young, welcome to the show. Hey, Christian. Thanks for having me. Great to be connected, Matt, and I'm really looking forward to this conversation because, boy, um, this is a topic that I think um, people in the SaaS world are struggling with on a daily basis, and I don't even think that that's that's an exaggeration. Uh, I don't think so either, and it's uh, not a relationship that's unique to product and marketing teams, but there is a special place in people's hearts for product teams in every SaaS company and and that relationship, so anything that we can do to bridge those gaps, uh, happy to help with. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you can almost call it an age-old conflict, which has kind of transcended beyond its original fields, let's say, because, you know, as as, as people evolve and professions evolve, it's kind of like the, these these conflicts between groups kind of like transcends to different functions, right? Yeah, it's been interesting. I mean, in, like for time memorial, there's there's been a marketing team at every company yeah. that has existed, but the concept of a product team is is relatively new. So the notion of them being handed so much power as perceived by uh, other areas of the business, it's unsurprising that that creates some tension sometimes. Absolutely, absolutely. So Matt, you, you know, you're a leader in SaaS in product management and software engineering, and you've been running a successful SaaS business for many years. So for this conversation, let's narrow down that topic a little bit. And it's something that, you know, it's paramount in the, you know, for success in the SaaS world. And that's getting the product and marketing teams on the same page. And that kind of sounds really simple, but we all know that um, there are varying levels of complexity there. But talk to us about why you believe this is so important. Obviously, in any organization, it's important for all the different divisions of the organization to work hand in hand and work well together, but especially between product and marketing. I think those two teams in any SaaS business have a very particular focus on providing value. In the product team's case, building a product that actually provides value. In the marketing team's case, they need to express that value uh, to drive up the customer base and, and get people interested. So the mission is the same really like the the expression of value towards a market that's there is a a shared goal across product and marketing teams and yet in practice they're so often gold on different outcomes which is really just weird to me um so getting them together to to solve that problem is really important yeah no that's absolutely right and uh, you know that, that that's a great segue into the next question which is a little bit of a deep dive right so Explain what you think or or where you think the common disconnect lies between the product and marketing teams and how these should be addressed. Yeah, I think it it manifests itself most commonly under the guise of research. So marketing teams do marketing research all the time. Product teams do product research all the time. They're both trying to listen very carefully to the audiences that are out there. And it, it has always seemed weird to me that they're trying to understand kind of the same things 
And they don't often share that information as it comes in. They, they view it as two different types of research, which I, I don't think is true at all. Marketing teams are, are trying to figure out how to best express the solutions to problems that a company is producing. And product teams are trying to understand what the real problems are, ideally, if they're doing it the right way, um, so that they provide real value to people. So they, they do a lot of research. And in the end, like you've got a product team that's looking at what the marketing team produces and, and sometimes thinking to themselves, gosh, they're just, where are they? They're in space. They're not describing the same product that we produced. And the marketing team, on the other hand, is, is wondering you know, why the product team is sitting up in their ivory tower producing something that just does not jibe with what they're hearing from the audience that they're trying to sell to. And like most great problems in, in any company or, or a SaaS company in particular, communication is, is where it all breaks down. So I think the disconnect primarily lives in the fact that it isn't a historical relationship that's whose garden is tended very carefully, the relationship between product and marketing. And so some more attention to that is due. And this is something that we've, you know, at, at my company learned uh, acutely over the past 12 months as, as we've been embarking on our, our latest ventures and what we're doing. Uh, so this is why it was so interesting to talk to you about it, because I think it's just so rare that there's overlap uh, in discussions between marketing teams and product teams. Yeah, no, that's absolutely right. And, uh, you know, it's 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 almost like uh, hand gestures. It's almost like they're going like this, right? Yeah, completely. <laughs> they're, they're, uh, they're like talking past each other, right? Uh, uh, it's you know, since most of us are working remotely, our, our company yes. has obviously shifted to work remotely. It, it makes the problem even worse because, you know, where now you don't even bump into someone in the hallway or, or have a casual conversation over lunch with a coworker where you kind of get an anecdotal or, or, you know, just coincidental discussion with someone about what they're doing. Now that we're all just on Zoom calls all day, talking to our teams with our regularly scheduled meetings, the opportunities to create those relationships drop even further. So I think it's it was actually us going remote when the pandemic first hit that made this problem acute enough for us to address it. Like the, the pain grew so much that someone finally said, hey, Matt, I, we don't know enough about what you're doing. Uh, and this is creating it, creating difficulty in us doing our job. Um, like finally, someone said that where you just might be ignorant to that problem existing at all. Yeah, it's almost like an out of... Uh out of sight, out of mind, as they say. And, uh, you know, it, it, it mm -hmm. took um, it took some drastic changes, like working from home to amplify, as you said, amplify those pain points and, and those challenges and to get people to like sit down and say, okay, folks, we got to find a way to solve this problem. We do. And that that's, um, if there's a common thread uh, across the relationship between product and marketing and the relationship between any one division of one company and another, I think a lot of us are, are kind of focused on doing the job that we were hired to do, whether you're a software engineer or a marketer or a salesperson. Uh, if you're a salesperson talking to a prospect, your job is to close the deal. Your job is not to relate to the marketing team something like, hey, you know, it was this piece of content that brought them to us, or it was, you know, this line that really resonated with them so that the marketing team doesn't get that feedback in the same way. A product team needs to hear what the marketing team is learning, and a product team needs to share with the marketing team what they have learned in, in their research as well. So this, this all came to a head when we were, we were building a new product over the course of the past year, and the product team is, 
you know, busy at work, rolling up their sleeves, doing interview after interview and survey after survey. Uh, we were summarizing all that stuff. We were presenting it in all hands meetings. We were uh, sharing it in digested form uh, with the marketing team and, and all the other interested parties in the company. And our head of marketing came to me and said, I, I feel like we don't know enough, which to me just seemed crazy. Like, you know, we're, we're researching things more deeply than we ever have before. We're, we're sharing things in these, um, not only are we sharing summaries, but all of the raw data as well. It's, it's all right there. It's all been summarized for people I'm like, well, well, what more do you need? And it's like, well, there's no human connection to this. There's no color around it. It's all just raw data. So like one of our, our marketing team members is like, well, can I sit in on these interviews? And I'm like, well, of course you can. Like, that's, that's just fine. There's no reason not to do that. We're just trying not to waste people's time if they have too many things to do, or if they're busy with that. But Marketing is rightfully saying, like, I need to know the emotion behind what people are saying, not just the facts, not just the, the things they react well to, the things that they do or don't like, but where did they lean in? Where did their body language say, I'm really excited about this so that they can turn around and turn that into something really compelling uh, that helps us out a lot. Yeah, no, that's absolutely right. And I think you brought up a great point because, you know, beneath all this technology and all these processes and systems there are people right like it's um, mm -hmm. it's almost like you're, you're you're lifting up the hood and or looking behind the scenes as they say right to see the people that are that are um you know working every day to like make these uh you know make these changes happen yeah and you you know marketers will tell you you do need to create an emotional reaction in people uh in order to get them to take action uh yes. whether that's uh it, you know positive emotions work really well negative emotions can also work well if you're trying to point out a pain uh that you want people to avoid but uh, our mistake was that just by giving people the raw information none of that was conveyed or if it was it, you know maybe it's not really believable because it's coming through the lens of someone who's in product and and if i say something like yes they were really excited about this you'd rather see that firsthand. And that was a, a completely reasonable thing to want to see to be able to do their job better. Yeah, no, that's absolutely right. Um, I think you might have already answered the next question, which was about the challenge that you guys solved. It sounds like that was it. <laughs> yeah, to tell you a little bit about the um, the outcome of what we did to, to make that better and, and make that, you know, not just like a one-time uh, or, you know, one example way to, to fix up that thing. We decided to create a, a weekly marketing and product team meeting. It's only a half hour long in all of, I, I also am like, I don't need any more regular meetings on my calendar. <laughs> that's, that's no fun. But what we were really trying to do is we created a, a product and marketing team research meeting. And what we were really trying to do is share the things that we'd learned as our individual efforts, and then also try to help each other out with ways to uh, increase the quality of the results of the research that we did. So the product team might've shared like, hey, here's the survey we're thinking about running. And the marketing team could look at it and say, hey, you know, if, if you could sneak in a couple of these words, we're really interested in, in understanding if people react well to those words, because we're thinking about putting those in the hero line of, of something that we're gonna produce. Or on the product team, we have we have some expertise in behavioral science on the product team. So we were able to help the marketing team think a little bit differently about some of the ways that they were considering testing some things. I, I never want to say like it was good or bad or improve or not. Like the 
the ability to do research is something that most of us are just not trained scientifically to do. So we're all just trying to help each other out and, and come up with new ideas. So this meeting has just created like a regular touch point that's always there. It's always on the calendar. Sometimes the topic goes off of research. Sometimes we're talking about a campaign that's launching or we're talking about uh, a hiccup in product development or something that we learned that's causing us to, to change direction a little bit. But I think everyone knows like, hey, at least on Thursday afternoon at three, I will have an opportunity to talk to this team and, and raise any any questions or concerns that I've got. Which I think is a step in the right direction, because I mean, you know, what that creates is um, it is an atmosphere of like, well, a uh, transparency and uh, mm -hmm. open communication, because then both sides know what the, uh, you know, th then you can um, so-called know what the, you know, the, the left hand and the right hand are doing. Right. Yeah, it's it's also building a lot of human connection, which yes. um, when people work in different disciplines, my background is not in marketing. So mm -hmm. um, for some people, like degrees of trust are difficult for for some people. It's, you know, hey, I know you're good at your job. Go do it. I know you're great at it. Other people are more skeptical. I come from a computer science background, so I'm a logical. I need to know how it works to truly understand it kind of person. So. It's natural for people to just have questions, not to like question your competency or anything like that, but how does that work? You know, why why is that important? Um, and I think that extra dose of education just helps people empathize more, see how to help each other more. All good things have come from it. Yeah, yeah. No, I can imagine. I can imagine. You touched on this a little bit. Explain the importance of conducting research um, for product development and Whose responsibility do you think it is to do that? Let's tackle that last question first. Whose responsibility is it to do product research? In a company that sells a product, I think the answer to that is everyone who works at that company. Um, no one gets a free pass. Uh, our, our office admin, and you know anyone who has an office admin will tell you like they're, they're the heart of the company. They're the one that knows how everyone's feeling, everyone's doing. Even when they're out socializing or at a party or something like that, and they mention where they work and they hear like either it's a great place to work or, oh, our company uses that. Uh, we think it's great. I want that information. I want the information that every salesperson hears, that every market research focus group produces, all of that that happens. So on a basic level, I want everyone's ears to be as open as possible to capture that information and make sure that it goes beyond the borders of the team that hears it and beyond the purpose of that, that role in the organization. Ultimately, uh, different divisions need to do different kinds of research. The research that you do for marketing is a little bit different from the research that you would do in product. But I think that uh, sharing the results of that information we've learned has been really beneficial across the entire organization for the obvious reason that, you know, you you learn what other people learn, but it also helps from an efficiency perspective because no one needs to repeat something that's already been answered. Um, our company, like a lot of lot of companies, it's often difficult finding enough people to talk to that fit the criteria, whether it's marketing research or product research. There's only so many people that will talk to you and so much budget you have to create incentives if you're going to use incentives for research that creating efficiency in research is really important too. So yeah, we, we wanna make sure that everyone really listens and then any research efforts that the company does undertake, uh, even closed loss research that a sales team might do, that should get shared to the marketing team, that should get shared uh, to the product team as well. 
Yeah, no, that's absolutely right. So um, if I understood you correctly, it's it's pretty much everyone's responsibility. But clearly everyone, um, depending on their function and their role, like they, they have different types of responsibilities, right? So there's, um, you know, there's a difference between, for example, collecting the information and then analyzing and doing mm -hmm. the synthesis and the framing and so forth. And what you're going to do with it, right? So I think um, gonna, yeah. there's a lot of overlap between what product mm. teams and marketing teams are trying to learn. They're trying to learn pain points. They're trying to learn what the opportunities are. As you get next level deep, uh, a product team will take that information and try to come up with a solution to that problem. A marketing team will try to figure out how to concisely express the solution to the problem so that it resonates with people and they, they get more and more interested in, in what the company has to provide. Yeah, exactly, exactly. You brought up uh, maybe one or two points in the past couple of minutes, but from your experience, what do you think, uh, I don't know if it's a thing or it's a process or a system, but what would you consider the great unifier um, between the product and marketing teams? Oh gosh, that's a difficult question uh, mm. to answer because I think that you know up till now, at least in our organization, I think in most, there's been a pretty big gap between product teams and marketing teams. So uh, maybe I'll approach that question a little bit differently and, and talk about what the great divider is. Uh, and through that, hopefully we find a path through it. And I think that I first thought about this when I was thinking about the relationship between product teams and engineering teams. Product teams are usually the, here's what we're going to do. And engineering teams are the tools to get that thing done. And it's a very almost insulting relationship, to put it that way. Hey, engineering team, you're very smart people, you're very well paid, and yet you are just a tool and I don't want you to think or do anything. And if you think about product teams and marketing teams, they might have a similar kind of relationship. Hey, we're gonna build it, you go sell it. And that's uh, professionally kind of disappointing, I think, to try to have that kind of relationship. But I think the reason that that exists is because the the goals of each of those organizations are set very differently, especially the quantifiable goals. Um, product teams are often gold on the adoption of features that they build. How many people are using them? How often are they being used? And marketing teams are looking at um, how big their funnel is, conversion rates between steps in the funnel, that sort of thing. Um, one thing that we did a couple of years ago is we, we tried to make sure that at our company, we had very clear top line business goals that were relatable to everyone. A lot of companies uh, express goals and it's kind of hard to translate those down into organizations and really understand how a marketing organization or a product organization will help a company reach its goals. If you think about common goals like increasing revenue, uh, growth, retention, breaking into a new market, that sort of thing. The way that we've we've helped unify these different groups is by saying, okay, our goal is growth. We want to grow 20% year over year, something like that. Product team, how are you going to do that? Marketing team, how are you going to do that? And don't just relay that information up to the executive level who's going to create accountability for those teams to do those things, but kind of cross-matrix that information to other organizations so that the product team understands why the marketing team's goals are important and will move the needle so that if there's a relationship between with what the product team is doing and marketing team is doing, they can help each other out and make sure that everything is kind of aligned to achieve the maximal result, not just a siloed result for, for each organization. This became obvious to me um, 
not being a marketer because, okay, you know, we want to do six blog posts in a quarter. Cool. Tell me how that changes growth. Um, and there's, there's a couple of, of hops you have to make to understand how that turns into the bottom line and how is a product person going to know what that is unless someone it's, it's not that hard to explain, but someone needs to take the time to explain it. Um, so I really think that, uh, a shared company-wide goals become critical and then the ability for each group to express how they're going to assist, uh, towards the achievement of those goals and explain it to each other really can, can help get everyone. I hate this cliche, but like rowing in the same direction and, and getting stuff done the right way. Spoken like a true um, engineer where you start from like identifying the uh, the challenge or the issue and then working your way backwards from there to find a solution. But that's definitely one way to tackle this question. <laughs> it is. There are plenty of ways to tackle it, I'm sure. But, you know, I, I yeah. like logic. I like order. And that's the way my my brain looks at it. That's perfectly fine. And, you, you know, you know, you brought up something which I thought was such a great um, comparison because it's almost you, you can almost liken this to uh, again there are so many examples but I'm just going to use the example of like a uh, like it, it, it's a team sport mm -hmm. right so yep. take your pick whether it's basketball or soccer and, and, and so forth right everybody on the team has to understand um, what their position is what their role is and how they are going to like help to you know work together with the other team members in order to achieve that same goal and, and the same thing can go for these these different teams, right, that have these different responsibilities and, that, you know, they're looking at different things. But at the end of the day, they have they have a, um, the same goal. Yeah. Even if you've got a superstar on your team, the, mm -hmm. the top goal producer, something like that. Cool. Um, naturally, we're all human beings. That's going to create some resentment among the people who are not that person. But the moment that person starts helping other people and helping to explain why they're doing what they're doing and how to get there, it just, the tension level in the room just drops dramatically. And it's really, really nice. Yeah, no, absolutely. There, absolutely. There's these, these other benefits too, where, mm -hmm. um, you know, the, the side benefits, like we're, we're all intellectually curious people. I don't have time to get a degree in marketing. I may not have the interest to get a degree in marketing, but I do want to learn about it. Like if the if there were Discovery Channel shows about marketing, I would stop on it and, and listen to it and watch it. Just because the more you know about it, like uh, you're interested, you're curious, you want to know, uh, and it will help you do your job a whole lot better. And I think to you know, as another kind of like sports related type analogy, think about. Uh, the parents who parent by telling their kids, well, do this because I said so. I'm the parent. I'm the expert. Right. Yeah. Um, it, it maps really well into a product team like, well, yeah, we're building this because that's what our research told us, period. Like, mm, you have to show your work or it it won't gain traction with people. Exactly. Exactly. And, and, and it goes back to like, you know, building that trust, building that rapport, right? Like yeah. finding those connections, seeing the bigger picture. Uh, oddly, I, I don't even know that it's always a trust thing. I think it's mm. um, people's mislaid efforts to try to save other people's time where, you know, for most people, like if, if you come ask them about what they're doing or what their job is, they'd love to tell you about it. You know, they're, they're eager to, to explain to you, 
yeah, this is great. This is how this works. This is why I'm excited about it. Um, the other really nice thing that happens if you do that is that on the backside of any effort, you know, of, of all the things that we try, some of them work, some of them don't work. Some of them are catastrophic failures or some of them are astounding successes. If we've all been brought along for the ride together, if we all understood like, yes, I think what you're doing is a good idea because you explained to me why you're doing it and all the information behind it, then if it doesn't work, like, cool, you know, we can all learn from that. And there's no finger pointing, there's no blame. There's just our ability to learn and, and get better as, as a group of people trying to achieve a goal. That's exactly it. Hey, it's Christian Klepp here. We'll get back to the episode in a second. But first, is your brand struggling to cut through the noise? Are you trying to find more effective ways to reach your target audience and boost sales? Are you trying to pivot your business? If so, book a call with Einblick Consulting. Our experienced consultants will work with you to help your B2B business to succeed and scale. Go to www.einblick.co for more information. All right. Matt, here we go. Yep. Give us something actionable here, right? So what can product and marketing teams start using today, tomorrow, appreciating that a lot of these things probably won't happen overnight, but you know, yeah. what can they start doing right, to get better alignment and results? Yeah, I think um, if you're in an organization, you know, th this should work with product and marketing or, or any other team that you're curious about. Find somebody, start with a single person. Um, I think it's very hard to get people like, hey, we need to have a meeting or blah, blah, blah. Because then you get like leaders getting protective of people's time, et cetera. Just, you know, over Slack or whatever it is, say, you know, hey, Jennifer, do you mind if I pick your brain a little bit about this new microsite you're putting up? I'm curious about it. Uh, I had a couple of questions. I'm wondering if you wouldn't mind hopping on and, and letting me learn a little bit about it from you. If you start on a, an interpersonal level, I think it ends up with a snowball effect where those two people get together, they become an advocate for the relationship. And that's the kind of thing that the, the relationship between the, the two teams, and that's the kind of thing that makes it really easy to get more people together and, and more understanding rolling. So uh, I would say make a buddy. Uh, if if you guys work locally in an office or something like that, just go get coffee, go get a drink, whatever whatever your company culture is to go do stuff like that. If, if you're remote, you know, Hey, have you got five or 10 minutes? Doesn't need to be a big deal. If you ask for five or 10 minutes, you're usually going to get 30 because people love to talk about what they're doing and all that stuff. And it's, uh, you know, you might even just get a, a good friend out of it. In addition to like some professional benefit. I say this as an introvert, knowing that like, I'm like, yeah. I'm asking you to do something that's difficult. Yeah. yeah. I get it. But uh, yeah. If you think about the, if you think about that short-term pain, like stepping out of your comfort zone to ask someone mm -hmm. to talk about something versus the ongoing self-doubt nagging inside your head, uh, thought distortion of like, these people are incompetent and I don't believe what they're doing, et cetera. You can get rid of all of that just by taking a few minutes to, to get together with somebody. Absolutely. Absolutely. And to go back to, um, I thought that was a great analogy. The one about the, um, you know, the parenting where you're trying to like, like force an agenda onto people and then just saying like, do it because I say so, right? Mm -hmm. And we all know that that's, not, that that's a road to nowhere pretty much, right? I mean, it may work short term. Um, yeah. I mean, my- Long term, yeah. I haven't told you guys what my title is yet, but it's pretty high up there. Like I, mm -hmm. I have the authority to do that if I want to. Yes. And there, there are times 
anyone who works at my company is listening to this, sorry. But there are times when I really wish I could say that, but mm-hmm. it's, there are very few always and nevers in the world. And that's yes. one of the, the nevers. It's um, you may get you what you want in the short term, but yeah. long-term you're gonna, you'll take more of a hit than a benefit than you'll get in the, in the short term. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. I believe that. I believe that. Okay. For this next question, I mean, let's let's try to like keep it to like the world of SaaS, and even then, then it might yep. still be a bit broad. But <laughs> what are some? Let's just say maybe two or three key trends and shifts in the market that you've seen that you think are going to impact the way the product and marketing teams work. Uh, there are a lot of them. Um, I think the the notion of disruptor. It's a word that everyone loves to use in SaaS. Uh, I think it's dead. Uh, and I think it's dead because there's no longer the notion of a singular uh, entrant into the market that's going to upend everything. Um, technology is very easy to develop. There are more companies and more competitors than you can count showing up in any given day. So instead of this this like boogeyman type disruptor thing that you might think about, there's more this just tidal wave of onslaught coming at you all the time. And it is easier than ever to discover new products. It is easier than ever to switch products, uh, not least because of like data portability laws in Europe uh, that are spreading around elsewhere too. Um, But because of that, I think the shift, it's no longer as hard as it used to be like, get people to know about your product and get people to try it out. Uh, Product-led growth is helping with that. A lot of us have free trials, et cetera. I think there's going to be this shift towards retention as more important than new business generation um, because it's so easy to switch. And that that's going to change how we work and what we focus on, particularly in marketing over the, the next five years or whatever the current iteration of, of SaaS as it exists today is going to look like. Yeah, no, those are some really interesting points. And one of them, of course, being that people, you know, have uh, more choices now. They can yep. easily switch. And I, I, I thought it was a great point that you brought up. And I hope I understood this correctly. Retention over new subscription. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. Uh, you know, if, if you look at the old SAS Economics 2.0 article that describes, you know, it, it makes very clear through graphs the effect of retention on your overall growth rate versus new business and having to plug a hole in retention. Keeping your audience is harder than it's ever been. The the focus on it is going to have to be uh, not just the business of a customer success team, not just the business of a product team delivering something new and shiny, not just the renewals person that goes, but marketing is going to have to step into play there too. And historically, they've been really good in product marketing and advertising new features and all that stuff. But playing defense against competitors and making sure that a continuous focus on the value that your company can provide versus either historical or new entrants in the market is going to be critical. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. No thought about that. Yeah. It's, it's not just going to be, uh, Hey, look at this shiny new feature anymore. Um, Mm, it's gotta, it's gotta be something that speaks to the original, like value prop and position, the reason they came to you in the first place and how you can reemphasize that and make sure that people stay with you. That's that's a, an important takeaway for product teams too. We keep drumming on the fact that we need to make sure that we're revalidating 
the thing that we learned a year ago or two years ago? And, and has the market shifted? Has you know people's point of view on your product versus others shifted? Market teams will need to research that. Product teams will need to research that and make sure that they're adjusting the way that they talk to customers so that that is clear to people too. It almost seems, and, and this is probably like the nature of the beast, at least in SaaS, right? It seems to be this constant cycle of continuous um, iteration. And I wouldn't even say reinvention, but you just have to keep adopting to these market dynamics that seem to be in constant motion. Right? In the end, I mean, that was the promise of SaaS, right? Like you're, yeah. you're subscribing to software that will continuously evolve with your needs so that you don't need to constantly be looking around for what's new and what's better. And, and you don't have to go through the pain of shifting from one product to another. And we've all done that a million times and it's it's never any fun. But most SaaS companies, they kind of produce their software and there might be minor iterative improvements to it, but not, not improvements that really follow the trends in the way business is getting done in whatever space they operate in. And that's that's an area of, you know, I think both product and marketing improvement that's gonna it's gonna need to show up in the next couple of years. Yeah, yeah, no, exactly, exactly. Okay, Matt, um, if you'll permit me, let me just set up this um, this next question a little bit. Oh, go for um, it. Yeah, you, you know, like um, let's let's just appreciate that like not everything can be measured in qu uh, quantifiable terms here, yeah. right? But what what metrics, if any, should product and marketing teams be paying attention to that will show them that there is uh, that there is progress, that there is some positive improvement on the horizon? Yeah, and uh, this is really a hard question to answer, right? I think a lot of people know the industry standard metrics that people look at for whatever discipline that they do. But how can you correlate those metrics with the business's total goals and see what the impact of a marketing effort was on growth versus the impact of a new product feature or something like that? And it's a, it's a challenge that I do not have the answer for. If someone could figure out how to tie those things together, they would have an amazing product that would make a bazillion dollars and be the new sales force of, of SaaS, right? Um, that said though, like we at least come up with sensible proxies to make sure that we know. And if, um, I think one thing that we like to do is we don't just look at the, the quantifiable information, we look at qualitative information too. So if we think that a marketing campaign had the effect of bringing in a new customer, we will go talk to that customer and find out, hey, you know, with, without leading the witness, you know, doing good product research or doing good marketing research always means don't lead the, the witness. So you ask an open-ended question and you say something like, hey, uh, ultimately, how did you learn about us? Um, and they'll tell you something like, oh, it was a Google search or coworker, like, okay, cool. But what do you remember seeing? You know, what was, was there a phrase? Was there an image? Was there something that got you there? And so we always use the numbers, which the numbers are hard to tie together, but we use the numbers as an indicator for us to know where to dig deeper, where to get more qualitative information to find out like what's really working and what's not really working. So we can lean into what's working and, and drop what's not. Uh, as soon as we can. That was a great answer. I mean, like, you know, granted that there is there there is no, as you said, no perfect solution to this yet. Yeah. Um, or, or there might not ever be one, right? Yeah. So use, uh, I think you use the research that you do and and that nagging question that you have in the back of your head that, that is critical and says, well, this doesn't really tell me what I want to know. 
get up off your butt and go find out, like talk to a few yeah. people. It's it, you don't have to talk to hundreds of people or, or any of that. Like a handful of conversations will tell you, like if there's consistency across what those five people say, it's probably true. Right. And that gets you good enough signal in a pretty short period of time uh, to understand what's going on. Yeah, no, that's absolutely right. Okay. So here it comes a status quo. Um, and let's let's narrow it down to this topic about you know bridging the gap between product and marketing teams. A status quo that you passionately disagree with, and why? Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna alter your question again just a little bit, if you don't mind, sure. uh, and yep. go. I'm gonna zoom out a bit. Yep. I think the entire playbook for how SaaS software is sold today needs to be thrown out the window. Um, Ooh. Okay. Let's have it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, here's why this is no one's fault. So, you know, if, if you work in marketing or you work in product and, and I am, I am guilty of this. My company's guilty of this. We're all guilty of this. Um, every SaaS company that I know of is oversaturating, uh, educational communication channels. They find something that people are interested in like blog posts as a good example. Like when was the last time you read a blog post that really seemed objective and not self-serving in some way? Like uh, it doesn't happen that much. Yeah. yeah. Uh, when was the last time you looked at a website for SaaS software and were like, I believe everything they say, and this is gonna be delightful. When was the last time you bought a piece of SaaS software and you were completely satisfied because what you felt mm. like you were buying is exactly what you got. And maybe it even exceeds your expectations. That's very rare um, to happen these days. And I think that's, um, in, in some cases, of course, it's because of like misaligned expectations from a buyer or something like that. But a lot of the time we all get tempted to like, I don't know, be a little bit hand wavy in what we say, or, you know, a little like let people assume things that may or may not be true. So, to provide a solution to this, I think we need to get a lot more human in our communication about what software is really here to do and what our products are really here to do and speak to people directly and empathetically. And I know that's what a lot of marketing aims to do and all that, but I, I feel in some cases it's just not earnest. It's it's there to answer to the investors and grow the bottom line as quickly as they can. And I think we're all starting to see through that and uh, it's it's hurting us all as an industry um, because we it's actually lengthening sales cycles because people are rightfully skeptical and that they need a lot of proof that your product is going to do the right thing before them before they're willing to sign on the dotted line. So I, I really want to make sure that um, there's a lot more empathy and transparency in the way that we all talk about our, our products and the way that we sell them to people, the way that we build them, the way that we continue to serve people's needs and, and therefore like benefit in retention because they trust you as people, even if your software has flaws and doesn't do everything that they want it to do. Um, and they feel like they've, that you're a straight shooter, that you've been honest with them uh, about what you can and cannot do for them and that you have their best interests at heart um, to bring it back to like why the product and marketing relationship is so important in that it's because product and marketing are, are so often so far apart from one another, they really need to work together to be able to bring that to life without a relationship there. 
you're going to end up with a marketing team that unintentionally makes promises that the product can't keep. And the product team will not learn from the marketing team really what the broader audience out there is saying and what they want to hear. So that relationship is critical to what I think is the next iteration of like a, a more transparent, more honest way to sell software to people. That was a, that answer was so spot on. And I mean, like, you know, uh, it, it goes back to what you were saying. Like if the marketing people like communicate something about the product and it doesn't actually deliver on that, and you know that then the disconnect just starts all over again, and then mm -hmm. it, it gets people in more trouble than they've you know than they've signed up for. Oh yeah, <laughs> this is what yeah. you don't need dissatisfied customers. That does no one any good. Like they're going to walk out the door. They're you know for whatever you might think of G two Crowd or Captera, like you're mm -hmm. going to hear about it there. Or yeah, um, you know I, I feel like SaaS software is going to go back to a word of mouth sale. Uh, you see mm -hmm. a lot of trends towards uh, a product led sale where people are actually trying out the product to make sure that it yes. does what they need it to do. That's going to continue for sure. So our ability to like actually catch people's ears is going to go away completely unless we mm -hmm. can give them something that's actually of value to them. Yeah, that's absolutely right. Matt, this has been such a Great and uh, you know incredibly interesting and insightful and um, dare I say thought provoking session. So thanks again for coming on the show. I um, appreciate it. Yeah, thank you, thank you so much. Um, very quickly, just quick intro to yourself and how uh, folks out there can get in touch with you. Uh, sure. Uh, well, my name is Matt Young. I am the CEO of a company called User Voice. User Voice delivers products for product managers uh, that let you listen to what the market is saying about your product, what they want out of your product, engage with customers. So if you need to research something a little bit more deeply, you can you know, ask those people questions and things like that, and then analyze it and try to see you know, what's, what's the best bet. You know, what do you, what's the, the biggest opportunity that's coming out there? Um, you can learn more about what we do and what we sell at uservoice.com. Uh, I'm on LinkedIn. If you search for Matt Young User Voice, you'll find me. Um, we also, you know, hopefully, you guys have learned that I'm not the uh, grow at all costs, mm -hmm. uh, you know, climb on the mountain of the backs of, of everyone's kind of person. I'm really interested in yeah. solving real problems for real people. So we love to have conversations. Uh, so if this was thought provoking or, or we can help you in any way, like no pressure, non-salesy, mad at uservoice.com, feel free. Uh, I, I love hearing about people's problems. And if we can, if I can, or, or anyone on our team can, can lend you a hand just to chat, happy to do that. Fantastic. Fantastic. Once again, Matt, thanks so much for your time. Uh, take care, stay safe and um, talk to you soon. Yeah, this was a lot of fun. Thanks very much for having me, Christian. I appreciate All right. it. Take care. Bye for now. Thank you for joining us on this episode of the B2B Marketers on a Mission podcast. To learn more about what we do here at Einblick, please visit our website at www.einblick.co and be sure to subscribe to the show on iTunes or your favorite podcast player.